Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV on a Ballsmic Wednesday. How are you, kids? Doing all right? Good, good, good to hear it. I'm Jeff, that's Tom, Director Matthew in the house. And away we go. Man, I am this is nuts. I don't know if it's from a, just like I, I go to the bank to get some things done today and I had to do some stuff, Tom, and all of a sudden, within the last two hours of that appointment, my phone has rang 15 times with numbers that are not identifiable in my phone, so of course I don't answer it. It's like, they, I think we got we got a live one. Let's screw him over. Let's see if we can get him. I was hoping it was unnamed sources for conference realignment. Yeah. yeah that's a- well, I keep waiting for that too, Tom. Well, you know, you get that call, you're like, well, this one's from New York City. Maybe that's something good. This one's from Los Angeles. Maybe that's something good. Oh, Miami. Who knows? Yeah, nope. That's just a dummy number. No. If it, if it was Birmingham? Oh. You might be like, well. Chicago? Well, what do we have here? That's kind of the weird part about kicking ass. You don't have to really break down the BC game. So you're kind of like, well, will something jump up? Will something jump in our lap that's uh, relevant to Florida State specifically? Now, Mike said they had a better practice today. He had been un- he'd been displeased the last couple of weeks on this day, and now today they were good. You were at today's practice. Yeah. I did not go to today's practice, not at all. As I said, I was busy with bank matters, Tom. I was overlooking Mike Martin Field, Dick Hauser Stadium, for the first half of practice because there were a lot of ins, outs, what have you. Yes. In terms of phone calls. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. And uh, 
when I got back to the top step, it was, I'd say, the last 15 periods, 24-period practice, so, you know, give or take. My impression, I was here for this version of practice last week, short week. They have a lot more energy than they did this time last yeah. week. And, yeah. and you could see that. That was the thing I, I would say. I, I don't know if I said it on the pregame show or not. They're tired. You know, that's an emotional game that they were coming off of against LSU, short week. You're beat up physically. The adrenaline cr- uh, crash is a real thing. And you got to power through. you got to fight through. I think that's why the coaching staff is pushing them so much harder to try and press past some of those things mentally and physically. This week, there was, yeah, all right, a lot more rhythm. Ball didn't hit the ground very much for anybody. It was a crisp-looking day from what I saw. Remember what I said last week that uh, Mike was challenging them to reach a certain level again, and I said, well, you know, they they don't have to. <laughs> and I meant it. I meant emotionally they didn't have to. Attention to detail and being buttoned up is different than the emotional peaks and valleys that we're speaking of. There was no way to get to that level that they had just been at against LSU. Not possible. It's not the same game, not the same team, not the same film. And uh, you had an entire offseason to prepare for the LSU game, and it was talked about the entire offseason nationally. The game against Southern Miss, a little less so on a short week, made sense. That they would have a bit of a letdown in terms of focus during the week leading up to the game. The thing is, they're so good that they went, you know, they won 66 to 13. And it's just, it's as I said on Monday when we came in, you feel a little silly kind of nitpicking the details of a 66 to 13 win. But I think the difference between, you know, the, the, the rabid fandom and appreciation of not sucking anymore and all that, but also talking about how much better they can get. I think that's a that's another part of it. You're like that's context we need to lend to our audience as talk show hosts who go to these practices and watch these games and analyze these things. I think the real good news is that they can get better. And it's not that I'm not going to enjoy each of these wins, just like I enjoyed the 10-win season last year. It's just that I want them to play their best game because I want to see what it is. I want to see what it looks like because I think their best game is up there with the best game anybody can play in the country. It's scary what, yeah. a, what the definition yeah. of that is. Yeah, I, we haven't seen it. It took five games. We had a listener uh, write in via Twitter back a few years ago. It took five games to clear 110 points for the season. It took two yeah. this year. Two. It took two. Yeah. And that's with them not starting well in either of the two games, I think, at least. Well, and I just also think – well, I, I don't think that's ar- arguable. It's not. Uh, if you're watching the games the right but way, it's not arguable. The thing is and, – and here's why – I give fans who are a little bit more critical credit here. The last time we had a team that th- was this talented relative to the opposition was 2014, and that group knew that they didn't need to care. And what happened? Yeah. There yeah. were you know habits that were built that put them in a position. they could. The, the hole was never too deep until it got to the Rose Bowl, and then it was way too deep to dig out of. And then there was an implosion, I think, within the course of that game beyond the turnovers. And that's what you're guarding against. But if you're going to take that on the negative side, then look to the other one, which is the year prior, 2013. That's a team who didn't have to care as much for a game against Nevada or Boston College or Maryland. Well, or- let me let me interrupt, inject this here because your point's being made, and I think well, but there those there are similarities here in that the 2013 team hadn't won anything yet. The 2014 team had. Yeah. This team has not won anything yet, so I don't think we're going to have to worry about a loss of game day focus. Like I emotional energy is moving up and down. That that's going to happen over this dirty secret is that happens every season to every team. That some games mean more. I mean, Mike acknowledges that rivalry games mean more. 
He does. Your own coach is telling you certain games mean more. Uh, they do. And Southern Miss ain't one of them. And so I get it. But I what I think that 2013 did was in, in the pursuit of perfection, running into excellence and all the other cliches that Jimbo used to use, but it was true. Like they were always trying to see what what can we can we have a perfect game? Can we play a perfect game? The answer is no, nobody can. There's always gonna be a mistake. You're gonna have a false start, somebody's gonna misstep somewhere along the way, there's gonna be an interference call, whatever it might be. But if that is your goal to find out what how close to perfection you can get to, you will steamroll excellence along the way and your opponent. Uh, when you're talented, when you're talented, that's not true when you're not, but this team is, and it's a newfound level of talent that really kind of circumnavigated steps along the way. And it's kind of crazy because in this era and only in this era, is that possible? It never existed. You could be bad and have a, you know, you could be a, a good team and have a below average season, but you couldn't be a bad team and suddenly be great. It wasn't going to happen. But you kind of can now. I mean, a, a better example in a weird way is the god-awful Colorado team from a year ago that won one game and was in the midst of really, when we were, we talk about a team that had just a, a program that had fallen off a cliff in a way that is unimaginable. Well, I don't even care if we think Colorado's actually good, because I don't. But they, we can all agree they're worlds better this year than they were last and the year before and the year before and the year be- I mean worlds better and they're about to be three and oh yeah Colorado yeah. State sucks so they will be three and oh and then they're going to get stomped by both Oregon and USC but the point would be they are worlds better if you look at what they do in Vegas where they upgrade teams against the line Colorado in one week went like 26 points up against the line then 16 the next like they're the fastest rising team in the history of gambling of Vegas right how could they not be, right? They are competent, clearly. And so he deserves credit for that. That's, you know, that's is all the criticisms I've ever had of Dion. We both agreed it was a good hire for Colorado because they were irrelevant. Oh, totally. They were completely yes. irrelevant. That, so you wanted that sort of an influx. Um, now, here's the thing, though. That is also only possible in this era. Florida State could go from 5-7 and seven to 10-3 and three to maybe being the best team in the country. Like that, that that now is a possibility for programs. In a weird way, it does infuse life and hope in a similar vein to the NFL. You know, the NFL is the most popular sports product in America, and it's not close. And two things happen to make that possible: salary cap, and then and and secondly, that because of the salary cap where all teams are built to be 8-8, eight and eight, and the difference is how well do you draft, how well do you run a program, how well do you find a quarterback, those kinds of things, right? And do you avoid injuries? But if you come off a abysmal season, that fan base that had said season still believes the next year that it's possible to make the playoffs because it's been proven. You can. It's a free agent signing here. It's a hit on your first-round pick there. It's a guy improving by leaps and bounds over year one to year two at the quarterback position. It's whatever it might be, right? It can happen. Now college has it. Now we see this with Florida State. So what's weird is reconciling that and constantly having this conversation about, okay, well, gosh, now I accept that they're national championship good, possibly national championship good. What's fair to me for me to do as a fan? Do I do I am I required to sit back and just be happy we're winning? No, that ain't me. Can I enjoy it? I can. But I can also 
like expect to see an offense executed the way that Mike and crew want it to be or intended to be because he's got the players to do it now. And so you can hold, and by the way, Jordan Travis is a great example, Tom. Jordan went from a kid who I wasn't sure could really play at an elite level. He was always a, an elite athlete. I wanted to see if he could play quarterback at an elite level. So then last year, that became possible because he took this massive leap forward. And that's good on him and good on this staff. Well, now it's fair because of that. We've seen him be great. It's it's That's the standard. It's That's where he's at. And when he doesn't play great, you can say he had a good game, but it wasn't great. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, this is a team that's closer. If you're doing the scale of 2014, we'll get by because we're just better than you. To 2013, we will eat your soul by the right. end of the first quarter. They're yeah. closer to 13 than they are 14. Don't well, yeah, they're eminently likable, yes. Because they care more. Their details sound. But you also have to look at so far, first half against LSU was not a success. You got out of there down three. You were lucky to, to a degree. Yeah. And then you went and you kicked ass in the second half. Then you became kind of what we saw in camp, which was the potential of what they are. And then last week it was, I don't think there was a lack of commitment. It was just they did get by because they were bigger and faster and stronger. I don't think that much of what they did, especially on a couple of fourth down plays that were key, were, had anything to do with scheme. <laughs> it had to do with Jordan's really fast. You can't get him on yeah, the ground. I'm better at He's going to buy are, 25 yeah. seconds. He's going to do what Deuce Span did on uh, the double pass the week before, which, which just is run amazing. around for a minute. Yeah. And then something's going to open up and we're all we're all good. So now that they've had a full week of rest, let's assume that the game is going to kick off in somewhat reasonable conditions at the scheduled time. Mike Norvell, for the record today after practice, says he hadn't heard anything towards you know, time changes or venue changes. That's what he said after practice today. No news, hadn't heard a thing. So let's assume that it's going to be reasonably close to normal weather. Yeah, it might be gusty, but it's not crazy. I look forward to seeing what this week of practice, which I think today was sharper, means for what they look like in the first half. I just don't want this to become a storyline, and the sooner you could put that to bed by coming out clean and crisp, the better for everybody involved. Well, you know, the real time to come out and be crisp and be great will be the following week against Clemson. Of course. It'll be, yeah. it'll be the game against Clemson. You just don't want anything to creep in your brain. I mean, you see it in, on a singular level with a certain receiver wearing number 14 where, you know, something gets in there. It's tough to rattle that out. Now, he was great at practice yesterday, reportedly, and then today I watched him make two unbelievable catches. Well, he always so. makes the unbelievable catch, yeah. I, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's fun to have the levels of analy- you know analyzing – uh, an offense or a defense or a team or a program or a, whatever whatever it is you're doing. It's kind of fun when you're doing it against the backdrop of a lot of wins and dominating wins and a, a, an, an understanding, a known, that they're good. They're really good. It's just evaluating how good. The level of great that you can reach is what we're talking about. That's so cool. Look, man, yeah, you don't have to get 100 on the test, but you don't need a B+. Plus. This is a chance for a good solid A. And in my classes, I don't know about yours, there was no such thing as an A+. Plus. And was a was the top you could get. Yeah. No A-, minus, no B+. Plus. Cash it in. Guys, cash it in. Look at what you are capable of. That's where I'm coming from, is I've seen better in camp. I've seen what, you know, other big-time games around the country, doing the eye test, transitive property doesn't always work because no. matchups are, are different. Styles make fights, as you like to say. But I don't see anything markedly different than Florida State. I don't see an elite level 
in any other camp, in any that other That looks different town. than our level, yeah. No, I don't Not see right This now. isn't out of reach. No, I did. You know, a year ago, I did. I thought, yeah, man, the, 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 we're not at Georgia's level. You know, we're not there yet. It was a cool ten win season, but we're not there yet. Like that matchup wouldn't work well, and we'd have a hard time with that. Everybody does, clearly. Um, but yeah, there are certain games where I would think about the other side. But I, yeah, you're to your point. It's a handful at best in any scenario, and that has a chance to be fewer if we find that top level. And we execute to that extent. Yeah, you'd say it's a fight. You're not saying it's a you know we're yeah we're sunk. Oh, we don't no. have a chance. You're oh, saying, there's oh, zero so. teams I would yeah. say that against zero. Now that now that's there important. is that's a good example, by the way, of how far the program has come in such a short period of time. Is that again the number of teams that I would give Florida State no chance to beat or little chance to beat is zero. Zero. There's not another team in the country that you could say tomorrow neutral site or even their field. Now, there may be a team I would pick against Florida State. Like If you, you pin me down and say, tomorrow, are you picking Florida State over Georgia in Athens? No. No, I'm not. I'm not. In a neutral field, probably not. Probably not. Do I think it'll be close? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Could Florida State win? Yes. Yes, they could. Yes, they could. So that, two years ago, you would never say. You uh, would, a month ago, you oh, wouldn't have said right, that. Probably not, no. Because right. you got to see the sample against another jersey and another helmet. Well, it, it, when they're right, when they're good, when they're humming, and there have been moments where that was true already this year, you think, whew, that's problematic. I mean, what are you going to do with that? I don't yeah. care who you have. I mean, it, it's it's. I guess the oddity here is I do want to see um, this Florida State team face a really formidable elite and deep defensive line. They passed the test against LSU, who was mm-hmm. again missing Mason. That that's a I would have I almost wish now he had played. I, I, if a, you knew the, what the result was. Well, if be. I just knew how good we were going to be. Yeah, I knew we were yeah. going to be good. I picked us to win and win big. But I I really kind of in retrospect, I would have been good to see in a way. Um because th- it's such a fine line now. It's so small what we're talking about here, the levels of greatness. We're not into whether or not you're going to go from average to good or good to very good or very good to great. We're, we're talking about now these really well, fine lines. What we found out is that the defensive line that we were watching in camp, that we were saying, is it because they're good or the offensive line no, is bad? No, it's because Because the good. D-line's good. Yeah. And it's, that means, by definition, the O-line is good. And it was the fact that it was the opposite of what we expected coming out of camp in terms of the offensive line's performance against LSU, I think is all the more buoying too, because we thought they would do well in run blocking and they would struggle in pass pro. No, the opposite's true. They were really good in pass pro. Really good. I know that Harold Perkins not being near the line of scrimmage was something that helped us. Uh, we can't help no. your coaching staff coach too. You've got to make those decisions. Notice they moved them back. Yeah. 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 Oopsie. But, but still. By the way, how pissed are you if you're an LSU fan? Like, really, guys? We had to lose again to these bastards so that you, you know, can figure it out. <laughs> I would like, I would like to be a fly on the wall for the guy who's driving home, who actually stopped by the Wall Street Plaza and heard our pregame show, because that was brought up. The three score deficit, the three score predictions was brought up. The wise, mm-hmm. and I'm sure in the moment they're saying these Homer sonsa. And then they had to get in the car, and, and yeah, I'll bet they thought to themselves, Jesus, all of it played out exactly like they said it would. Those guys were spot on. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a good week. It was a good week. I bring up some of this stuff because we will have a chance next hour. Tried to do this last week. Our schedules didn't mix. It's going to work out this week. 
uh, CEO of the Battles End, Ingram Smith, going to join us on the program next hour. I look forward to a good mid- midweek hit right there, talk to him, a little bit perspective on where we're at with the Battles End, what's possible moving forward, what this roster looks like, how they make decisions. A couple of new names have joined the Battles A couple of new names have. I, I have a funny question for him. I'm excited to talk to him and, and ask him about just in terms of the way we view these announcements is very similar. It's not the same, but it's very similar to the way we view announcements made in every other sport that's professional. You know, anytime a team makes a commitment to a quarterback in the NFL, we're like, Ooh, okay, they're hitching their wagon. They've decided that's their guy. And it could be a running back. It could be a backup safety, whatever it might be. You read that, those little tidbits, those articles where they have tidbits from around the league, and you're kind of like, look at that. They're going to exercise the option. He did get a second contract. Never thought that guy could make it. You know, you do that kind of stuff, and it's fun, but it also tells you the mentality of the coaches and the team, whatever that franchise is. Now, when we watch Florida State to bring it back home, guy signs a deal with the battles in, and you see the little announcement pop up with Twitter. You're like, oh, all right, how about that? Feel like the long-term prognosis for that young man is good. Fair or not, that's what we do. Yes, I personally feel that that means the guys who are watching the film say, we need to keep this dude. Yes. It's not that somebody in a suite who Correct. represents a collective says, we need to keep this dude. No. It's the guys no. who watch the film say it. Of course. They're not going to The battle's in. Well, I'm not going to. I believe there are some collectives in this country that might be run by the suite rather than the coach's office. Well, those would saying. be poorly run because you don't want some rich guy named Ruiz who doesn't know a thing about football decide that I'm going to give somebody a bunch of money. That's like a recipe for disaster. Could be. Mm. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips? We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer Giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. 
Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. Balls Big Wednesday to you guys. So I have to, I have to be uh, careful how I word this, but I'm asking a question to you. So it, uh, just because. <laughs> All right, send the heat this way. No, no, no. It's just I want to hear an honest answer. Uh, this this has to do with the Rogers thing. Were you watching oh, Monday Night Football? That's nothing. Okay. Yeah. yeah sure. All right. So. I laughed when oh. it, I laughed when it happened. Jesus. Um, now let me explain. All right, let me. Ex- <laughs> let me. Ex- You're gonna ask me if I laughed? I think a lot of people. Did. Oh no! Now here's what I'm getting at. Here's what I'm getting at. I was not happy or excited about Aaron Rodgers getting hurt. Like I didn't want to see that. I didn't go sit down and go. I hope somebody hurts him tonight. I, that that's not the way I viewed that. But when it happened, again, wish it hadn't, but it did. And when it happened, I laughed because a, I don't like Aaron Rodgers, but b, I thought of those poor bastards that have spent this entire off season listening to ESPN. Every five seconds, talk about the Jets sitting in their seats, believing finally the curse had been lifted, that one of the most cursed franchises in the history of the NFL was going to have their moment. And four plays in, grand opening, grand closing. And this is the other reason I laughed. Zach Wilson sucks. And they had to know immediately this bum who we watched last year look completely inept and frightened in every snap he took is now going to try to lead a team that is loaded on defense at best to seven wins because he can't play. And that made me laugh. That is what made me laugh. And I'm willing to admit it. That made me laugh. I thought that was funny. Not the injury to Rodgers, but it happened. And then I laughed thinking about those people having to deal with that. I thought it was funny. So I thought when he went down <laughs> that it was just a high ankle. Mm. You know, just assumed, and then you oh, saw man. the calf snap he, back up he, into the knee. Be, yeah, because I, I was kind of half watching. I didn't see the rupture like everybody else did in super slow-mo. So I'm thinking, yeah, they're just going to have to deal with that for a month. He's going to have to hobble around. That sucks. And then what really made me believe it was an Achilles because I did not see the super slow-mo calf mm. implosion. Mm-hmm. Adam Schefter was furious at halftime. Furious. Oh, but this is going to bring me to my next point. This is why they have shamed themselves. They've bathed themselves in embarrassment post this injury. I think what's going on there is much like his NFL draft frustrations. 
that he knew it was an Achilles. He knew it. Oh, and they but wouldn't Sal Powell got to break it, and that pissed him off. When did he t- break oh, that? Oh, and Sal Powell is insufferable, impossible. You should see this guy He's talking Mr. now. He's Mr. Eagle. What's he doing breaking Jets news? He's live on the ground, took a picture of him going to the back, said it was an Achilles. In addition, snuck to where the doctor's part of it was under the stadium and took the only uh-huh. known photo wow. of it. Yes. So, okay, that you might have been You got infighting it. and anger. It's awesome. So, um... Scott Van Pelt was saying, you know, at half, they make him work half now because they fired Susie. Notice that? Mm-hmm. And and he's saying, well, you know, we'll, we'll see what the length of the injury is. And then Adam is furious on the desk. And he goes, well, I don't know, you know, if it could be something uh, that's that's a little bit lesser. But honestly, here, if he's still in a boot, that's likely an Achilles. <laughs> that's likely an Achilles, you know. Nobody knows that for sure yet. And the Jets will know. Somebody in the Jets front office knows right now. And then Scott goes, "Yeah, man, nobody's trying to nobody's trying to, you know, put rose-colored glasses on here. This is not a good night, Adam." And then they continue on, but Adam is just furious. He's ready to pop out of his chair. About what? I don't know, but it made me laugh. I think it's I'm the South Powell thing. It had to have been. And he got scooped or they they restricted him. They said, "You cannot report right now, Adam, that this is an Achilles. You can't do it." But wh- can't why do would it. you, uh, anyhow, the, it, it's just my then, favorite. The Mannings yeah. made me laugh because at yeah. this point it's a disaster of a game. Might as well watch the Mannings. <laughs> Your boy didn't even know Wilson was still on the team. No, no. But <laughs> so they're getting close to halftime and uh, Eli's like, so what do you do, Peyton? And Peyton goes, I'll tell you what I do. I hand it off to Brees Hall. That's, <laughs> that's what I do the whole night. I just keep giving the ball to Brees Hall. Oh, man. Over under three more throws, Peyton. I, you know what? I'd just give the ball to Brees Hall. Three points is good here. We don't need to throw it on third and six. I just, I love it. I laughed. I'm so, I'm just admitting to laughing. And my wife did the tisk tisk thing and slapped my shoulder and walked out of the room. And I was like, it's funny. It's fun. Not he. I'm not rooting for his injury, but that he did. It did happen. And now, as a result, I think this is funny. <laughs> Seeing those fans, listen. This is a ruthless game. Football's brutal. I'm not rooting for – if you're not a bad person and there's no evidence that you're a bad person, let's say, I'm not out here – even if you're just a marginally halfway decent person, I'm not rooting for injury, right? But these things happen, and as a result of these things happening, people feel a certain kind of way. Man, Who sub- are we kidding? <laughs> okay, subtext. You don't believe Aaron Rodgers is a marginally decent person, and you're kind of rooting for his injury. I That's what I'm hearing. No, you're, but you're not, well, you're not hearing it right. I was not rooting <laughs> for his injury, but his injury happened, and I laughed. That's what I did. I laughed. Not as he was... On the ground. Listen, first of all, this is not a life-threatening situation. My man snapped his Achilles. He's made $700 billion. It's going to be all right. Aaron just got paid to not play the rest of the year. He's going to go somewhere and sit in silence and stare at the darkness and think about Bean. Great. So that's what Aaron will go and do, right? And he's got more money than God to do it. So nobody's losing sleep over Aaron Rodgers getting hurt. I didn't root for it to happen, but it freaking happened. The funnier part of it happening is that those Jets fans are screwed and they know it. And it's four seconds into the game. That's funny. That is funny. In the same way that nobody was feeling sorry for the New England Patriots that year that Brady got hurt in the first Mm. game of the season. They were like, oh, really sucks for Brady. (laughs) (laughs) And they started laughing. That's the way it works. That team went 11-5. and five. I don't think this team's going 11-6. With the great Matt Castle, they found a way. And they didn't make the playoffs at 11-5. No. It's a damn shame. I'm just letting you know. They're going to bring somebody else in. We'll see. Woo! I... Could be J Boo. Hmm? Hmm? I 
Tom Brady, who just said I'm a Patriot for life on Sunday at halftime. <laughs> I would. Uh, He's gonna come trotting out the tunnel at MetLife in the Jets green. I would bring Jameis in, although their thought process, fair or not, will be with this defense. If we don't turn it over, he proved gonna, he can do that. Uh, I know before he broke I, his I, back two I, years ago. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And he's a hell of a lot better than Zach Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> The thing is that offense is loaded too. It's not just the defense that's Great receiver, loaded. great running back, good running back behind a great running back. Yep. And you're talking about Hall then. Pro- the problem is the offensive line is not good. And so no matter how talented the skill players, the O line was going to be a problem for them. And now without that dude, the maestro behind all of it. Also, what's weird on that play is Dude's wide open. Throw the ball. What are you doing? Every angle on earth shows that he had two guys wide open. What are we doing here? Throw the ball. But I digress. <laughs> Just, I, there was the camera panning to Jets fans. It's is also strange. Did, did you see him on the sidelines at all the rest of the game? Oh, he's not coming back out there. Not coming out to support the crew? Uh, of course not. You think he's <laughs> – well, come on. Oh, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little something, even with the crutches? Come yeah. on out. No. No. Rally the troops? That ain't happening. No. I he he may end up being out there at some point this year. Who knows? But maybe you could be a cheerleader for him. Start the chant. Green eighteen. Green eighteen. Well, what he ought you know, I guess what you would ought to do, and I'll come back to FSU in a second, but I <laughs> I just wanted to see like it's not egregious that I laughed. I'm laughing at the, the results of that, not the thing. I hear you. Okay. Don't need to apologize. I'm for not that. apologizing. I'll, like I'd it. laugh again tomorrow. What I'm saying is that I was trying to explain this to my wife, and she's yeah. like, it's, "It's just not good. It's just." And my wife is a better person than me, admittedly. But I was like, "No, no, no. You don't understand. I'm not laughing at the expense of Aaron Rodgers. However, Aaron Rodgers got hurt. It happened. It's a thing. We live in the real world. I'm not covering my head. Oh, it didn't. Ha- it happened." And now that he's done, and the camera pans to these chess fans, it's funnier than hell. <laughs> They're just like, are you effing kidding me? Give them J-Boo. Let's see what they can do. Yeah, they'll, well, you would think. He's worth. He's got $4 million. Sal is over here every two seconds. Zach's our guy. He's almost emotional about it. Like, man. He also said they're going to explore other options <laughs> yesterday, too. <laughs> It's just funny. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. We have not heard anything yet on the possible rescheduling of Florida State Boston College, if that's even a thing. I know that from the beginning of the week, really from Sunday night on, there has been a thought that this was going to be an unplayable game. And I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know what the cutoff is for that. I mean, logistically, I... We yeah. all have an opinion on what we see projected here on the map, and we can look at our experts, and Lord knows Florida State has a lot of them, mm-hmm. and it's Out impressive. The field, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. really impressive. And you've uh, you know enlightened me to which of those guys to follow, and I do. And, and, yeah. and so I've been looking at that because I'm intrigued to see whether or not Florida State plays the game and what are they going to do if they can't. Everybody is. There are people listening to the show right now saying, 
yeah, well, guys, I'm planning on going to the game, and now I don't know. And there are other people wondering, would they reschedule it and move it up a day? Would you move it back? How would you do it? Yeah. Would or, you do it? Guys, it's 28 and a half. If the weather was fine, I'd lay that all day. But there's the gambling aspect it's windy of it. and soggy. that too, yes, all of it. So we're all wondering, and my main concern is how does it affect the season? Yeah. Obviously, again, um, it, it stands to reason we don't want anybody to get hurt. So enough of that. But getting back to this, as far as like, would you move it up or would you? You can't really reschedule it uh, at this point because Florida State and Boston College schedules don't sync up that way. Well, there's a third party that could get involved in it in Virginia. Mm. And then this is where it would suck. So you'd play Boston College right now where the bye is on the 30th of this month. And then Boston College and Virginia both share a bye on the 14th of October. So you could just you got to so get a third team move, involved. They could move their game to the yeah. 14th. You play on the 30th. You get a bye this weekend. I do not want that for several reasons, personal and otherwise. But well, you don't want an early bye for this group either. I, I think you'd like to have that break after Clemson, be able to reset, have three straight home games, and then go on about your business the rest of the season. I would agree, but. The extra work before Clemson doesn't seem like it would hurt. No, correct. But what's more beneficial at that point? Is it going on the road, you know, figuring out you know your process on the road with this new group of guys so they get used to that pattern? I guess you could say you did it with a neutral site game. But then going through some live reps and then preparing for Clemson or just kind of shutting it down this weekend. The thing of it is after Clemson, you have Virginia Tech and Syracuse, so you're not yeah, it, it is weird. I, I, either way, I wish they would play the game. I agree with you. Yeah. I hope they get a chance to play the game. But we don't have that answer. And I've been emailed and tweeted at and everything else that's been brought up many times in the chat. And we don't have an answer to that. I don't know when the deadline is. That's the I more important question, actually. It doesn't matter what I think or you think or any of that. What, what do we know? Do we know that they're going to make a decision? Because the team has to fly up there. Yeah, my guess would be is they could still fly them up there and then just push the game back to Saturday night if they wanted to, if they really believe that 8-10 hours is going to make a difference in terms of warm-ups and field conditions. This is no inside knowledge whatsoever, by the way. So at the end of practice today, Ira asked Coach Norvell two different ways yes. about this, and he shot it down both times and said, I haven't heard anything. Uh, nothing towards a change in time or venue has come across my desk. And in this case, typically it's more on the home team and the conference than it is the road team. We know that. We've seen that with COVID situations in the past and other weather situations. It's usually about what the home team is going to say and then the conference in no particular order. But, yeah, I mean, I would have thought one of the viable options would have been to play this one Friday. Well, But I, I think it's too late now to do that. Why? Because it's Wednesday at 2 o'clock. You could still play it Friday. I mean, I it, it may screw fans in terms of people's travels arrangements, but I'm, I don't care about the fans. Are you going to play the game or not? Uh, if you're going to play the game and the only way you can play the game is to move it up and play it Friday at noon, play Friday at noon. Get the game in. The game's what's important. I here. agree, but, I mean, have the foresight to do that on Tuesday. If you're going to make that call, that's just such – That's it's like I feel trying like to steer a speedboat versus a luxury liner. I understand what you're saying, but I think you it's enough time. I mean, listen, they, that that's a – it's not that bad a flight. You get there tomorrow afternoon – if you if you fly the guys up there, you, they go through a walkthrough. They get proper rest. You play the game Friday. Cannot stress enough because this will appear on the tribal council saying the guys are saying it's moved. No, no, we, we no have not idea. said anything of the no sort. Idea. No idea whatsoever. But it is all that's on anybody's mind right now with Florida State football. It's look, this is a healthy team getting ready to play a game they're heavily favored in. All that really matters at this point is, are you going to be able to play it? Because if you do, you're going to go go three and zero. They are. They're going to go three and zero. 
Now, again, I'm not trying to be callous. I understand that there are people that are affected by storms. Lord knows we know that, and I'm not trying to ignore that risk. But as it pertains to the football, and that's all we can talk about right now, I'm not a weatherman. I can look at weather.com or weatherchannel.com just like anybody else. All I'm saying is I'm curious when the deadline is as to whether or not they make the decision to move it forward, cancel it altogether, move it back like you suggested. I mean – I want to know when that is. I think that's important news to get out there to be. Yeah, my guess is it's willy-nilly. I doubt. I mean, really. <laughs> I hate willy-nilly as a plan. I agree with you. I, I agree. I think they could do it tomorrow night, 10 p.m. Be like, hey, by the way, kick off 7 p.m. on Saturday. You know, like I could see that happening. That would stink. Well, I'd like to watch primetime college football after we go to 3-0 and with a nice hearty win for a noon kick at Boston College. But the thing is... Multiple televisions, buddy. Well, at what point does... Because you're looking at the timeline of where the storm is going to be, if you're talking about latitude, relative to Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And it literally is Saturday morning into Saturday I know, afternoon. I know, I keep looking at that. And, and all you hear are the experts talking about the size of this thing for the wind field. And you're all... Wind field! And then also you're looking at the impacts on... You know, coastal surge and flooding for Boston to get up to Chestnut. It just seems like a potential nightmare that we could all avoid if we said Friday 8 p.m. Friday 8 p.m. ACC Network, let's go, bring it. Oh, and the ACC Network would celebrate if along the way you had to move a lacrosse contest mm. or a fencing <laughs> affair or something <laughs> to coincide. So last night. I was watching uh, the volleyball match on one of the TVs. I was playing some video games with my nephew. But uh, we played Florida. It's number three Florida against Florida State at Tully Gym. Oh, in volleyball. In volleyball. I saw our one to nothing win in, in soccer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So in volleyball, it went all five sets. Oh. It took like two hours, 45 That's minutes. It's a match right there. Yes, we lost, unfortunately. Unfortunately. 16-14 in the fifth. Damn it, man. But the it's supposed to go two hours. And so there are Notre Dame fans, God love them, who want to watch their men's soccer game. It's supposed to start at 8. The match did not end until about 8.50. So they were screwed out of being able to watch their sport. Did you go to their boards to see how angry they were? No, because they're not. I I don't care that they vote for the ACC. They're not real ACC. They live in a dump of a town. Go for a walk in your dump of a town. That's how you spend the time. This will make it fun for you, by the way. I will read something to you that uh, makes us all smile as we speak of Florida State and uh, and the domination we've seen just in the interim, just before we you know have to think about other things like schedules and all of that. Bill Conley writes: If Texas needs some notes on how to follow up a big win with an anti-letdown game, maybe they could consult Mike Norvell. His Knowles could have been forgiven if they had started slowly Saturday night against Southern Miss. They were coming off a resounding Sunday night statement win over LSU, after all. But they had no interest in giving the Golden Eagles any hope. If she scored three minutes in, put up points in nine of their first 11 possessions, 66-13. to 13. Passing game wasn't real sharp. Jordan Travis was just 15 of 29 for 175 yards. But it really couldn't have mattered less because the Knowles rushed for 306 yards and held Billy Wiles, USM's quarterback, to 11 for 34 passing with an interception and two sacks. I'm not completely sold yet on the Knowles run defense, but it's hard not to be convinced by FSU as a whole right now, writes Bill Conley. He's not convinced on our run defense? Just yet. Just yet. That's fascinating. Yeah, it is a fascinating thing to say, and because he doesn't expound, it's a short top Mm -hmm. 25 summary. Um, 
I don't know if he means like against Georgia, against Alabama, against teams that that seek to do that with an yeah. offensive line that can do something about it. I yeah. don't know. If that's the case, I'm not sold on Georgia's defense. I'm not sold on Alabama's defense. Right. Right. So, well, you don't have to be sold on Alabama's defense. They no. got lit up. That's correct. So that will be interesting. We dropped fifty on those dudes. Yeah, it will be. Uh, it'll be fascinating. I will also say that um, I, I I am pretty sold on FSU's run defense. I, I pretty right. sold. If pretty you're going right to take issue with I a part of the defense, it would be mid-level passing defense, right? I would say right now I'm taking no issues on the defense. I'm I, none. Could are there players that I think got to get better or areas where they will improve as the season goes along? Yes. The thing where I am unwaveringly excited and happy, where I don't put the caveat out there about this or efficiency problems or that, is the defense. They have played great. I've got to give them their just due. They really have, outside of the first half against LSU, where they weren't great, they have dominated. And even in the first half against LSU, you have a few real big plays, including the first play of the game, that, that kind of doom you for a ton of yardage, that gash you for a ton of yardage. But it certainly isn't the traditional run game. Like, LSU right. doesn't yeah, line up in the traditional run game and do anything, and, and, and neither does, obviously, Southern Miss. So, okay. I mean, if that's going to be markedly improved, and it does appear that it is. See, I and that's, that's the, the reason I'm so unabashedly excited about this defense right now. Okay, so they've played better at linebacker than they did a year ago. They cleaned up a couple of things in coverage, and I also think that Nicholson's going to keep coming on in coverage. Mm -hmm. He really looks like the real deal. And they're healthy at linebacker. You can see the difference when they're healthy. You can. You can. But that defensive line's doing some things. They haven't had dominating performances from their ends, just good performances from their ends so far. But the back end is going to be so much better in week six, seven, eight, nine than it is right now, and it's already pretty good. Already pretty good. They're attacking. They look like they know what they're doing. They've played a variety of coverages in a way that they hadn't in the past. Technique is better. You're seeing lots of things that portend of better things in week five, six, seven, eight. This is coming together nicely. I'm very, very pleased with the defense. Yeah, to me, the number one concern I'd have with the defense is explosive rate of plays against because they do have alignment issues still. Yep. And and Mike Norvell even said it on Monday coming yeah, out less, of game two. Less so in game two than game one. Right. And I would assume less so this week. Obviously, they don't really face a passing attack this One of week. them was the high-profile throw of the end zone, which was a touchdown, but thankfully they got the pressure on the quarterback right. and affected the play. And, yep. and that's what pressure does. Yep. It can erase mistakes. Well, yes, or a design flaw, which means, you know, you bring in too many guys, so there's going to be a hole somewhere. Yeah. You get there quick enough. But explosive plays against would be the category that I'm nervous about. But, yeah, it's not traditional run. That's the place I'd start. And and the fun part to me is my whole thing about this defense before the season was, can you get to third and obvious? Can you get there? Because if you can get there, good things are going to happen with this secondary being improved and these pass rushers. And now with this improved run defense, you see an easier path to more frequently third and eight plus. My thing was take chances, take risks, and occasionally you're going to get burned, but you're going to create opportunities by trying to create extra possessions via turnover. And so I would have forgiven that big play. I don't care. You brought a lot of pressure, and the kid diagnosed it, and he just didn't get it off in time because of the pressure that you're bringing. That's why you bring the pressure. So I'm all right with it. Take chances. 
Jump around here and there. Your offense is going to score in bunches, period. Even when they don't play well, they're going to score a lot. They got too many weapons. Take possessions away. Make big plays. Jaron Jones, pick six. Make big plays. Let's go. Take chances. That's modern football. You're going to give up the big play doing it. I've already conceded that. Occasionally, you're not going to get home. And that guy's going to diagnose this, and he's going to – that's a touchdown. It is. Off the cap. We'll get you next time. I'm all right with it. I'm willing to forgive it. That's why I'm not solely looking at points per game. That's not the metric I care about for this defense. It'll be points per possession, but it will also – there'll be other factors. But I I don't really care. I can live with that. That is probably what I'm most excited about, believe it or not, just because that was the bigger question mark to me. Well, if Clemson continues to play as it is right now in offense, mm. when's the next? Miami? Miami's the next test. Miami can do something about it. They can block up front. That's going to be a problem. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chan TV.